And we are down to the final day before the two-day Mike Parsons Guy Gordon Show fill-in extravaganza begins. The next podcast you will hear will be a podcast, a replay of that show. And uh, my sweet little poopsie, Trudy, is still in the hospital. Um, It turned out that uh, it was not edibles that was making her act wonky. Uh, But the bad news is they don't know what what is. Um, She did an MRI. She had to stay the night, which is really hard because your dog doesn't understand why you're leaving them in a strange place overnight. And um, the last thing they're ruling out is meningitis before... um, sending her to another specialist. And and I got to say, God bless veterinarians. I mean, uh, we all love our dogs, but I know my dog's limit uh, and and her shortcomings. And she is a very sweet, friendly dog to everyone except for veterinarians and groomers. And imagine being a veterinarian. You go to school for however many years it um, takes to become a veterinarian. And uh, literally what you're doing is you're trying to save these animals' lives. And all these animals want to do is bite and growl at you. So uh, they must have the absolute um, patience of of a saint. And they must really love animals. Plus, it's got to be just a very difficult part of the job uh, to have to put down multiple dogs a day or go and tell, you know, owners that uh, there's nothing else you can do medically for your dog. It's got to be a tough, uh, it's got to be a tough, tough profession. And uh, you got to really love animals for it. And uh, the vet we took, we've taken Trudy to, uh, it's a neurological um, dog animal hospital out in Farmington called Dogwood. Uh, They really seem to be both people, 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 and animal people. A lot of times animal people aren't the best uh, people people because, well, you know, a- animals are <laughs> animals are better and they're probably much easier uh, to deal with than most people. I mean, if a dog doesn't like you, they're going to growl at you and, and, and bite you. If a person doesn't like you, they can act like they're your best friend for 30 years. So uh, I, I can definitely understand how some uh, people choose to be animal people, and those folks aren't quite people people. But, uh, yeah, so hopefully uh, she comes home today, tomorrow, and she bounces back and is our spunky little Trudy baby. We'll see. On with the show. And I have to say, um, I am shocked that Willie Nelson is just now being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The inductees were... Um, not not too long ago, revealed. And the big names, Willie Nelson, Cheryl Crow, uh, looks like Missy Elliott got in, uh, George Michael, Kate Bush, which is a bit of, uh, of a surprise to me. I, I don't know if uh, she's in because of her career or because of how she blew up again after Stranger Things. Uh, but she got in. DJ Cool Herc and Link Ray, never heard of them. Uh, Shaka Khan, Al Cooper, and Bernie Toppin um, rounded out the list. And I can already hear the debate already. Uh, well, you know, uh, Willie Nelson's not rock and roll, or Sheryl Crow's not rock and roll, or Missy Elliott's not rock and roll. And uh, I, I think we all know that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is misnamed. Right? I mean, rock and roll is subjective. Does it have to be, um, you know, Three to five people in a band playing guitar, drum, and bass, 
what happens when they uh, start using a drum machine? Are they disqualified then? And so I really think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame needs to change its name to the Music Hall of Fame. And uh, Willie Nelson, like I said, shocked that he's not in already. But uh, I would imagine he's been around so long. I mean, he just turned 90 years old. I think he retired from music the first time in the 70s. Um, I, I would I would think that Willie Nelson, even though he's not traditional rock and roll, he probably influenced a lot of rock and roll and a lot of rock and roll artists. Um, so there we go. Um, I think the Spinners got in, and from Detroit, um, the White Stripes, um, they were um, left out this year, as well as Joy Division, New Order, um, and it looks like Cindy Lauper. So there we go. Let the debate rage on as it does um, every year. I spent a lot of time on this show um, at the beginning of it, talking about the three Tennessee, uh, the two Tennessee lawmakers that were ousted for leading a protest on the House floor against gun violence, and they were later reinstated. And something kind of similar is going on over in Montana. And I've, I, I haven't really gotten to this story because there's been so many other things, but uh, I'm sure you've heard the name Zoe Zephyr. She was, she's a transgender woman who was elected to the Montana State House um, from Missoula, which is a college town, probably a little bit more liberal. And uh, she's been elected, and she is already being banned from the House floor. If you don't know the backstory, uh, the Missouri House, which is overwhelmingly Republican, I think the uh, makeup is 67-33, they voted uh, against gender-affirming care, for minors, and the bill restricts the use of hormone therapy, puberty blockers, and surgeries on people under the age of 18 for the purpose of gender transitioning. Obviously, Zoe Zephyr vehemently uh, opposed this, and I'm not a doctor. I, I don't know what the risks and ramifications are of um, gender-affirming uh, uh, care for a, a child under the age of 18, uh, but obviously... She's against it. She said um, something along the lines of, um, you know, if this passes, there's going to be blood on your hands. Uh, she made a reference to um, when you pray, look down and see the blood on your hands. And she was almost kicked out for that. Uh, and instead, they voted to not kick her out and instead ban her from the House floor until she, quote-unquote, apologized or, or acquiesced. She's still allowed to vote remotely. She's just not allowed on the House floor um, to debate with, with, with her colleagues. And they're saying it's hate speech because she made reference to praying, which um, you know they argue is religious hate speech. But I'm skeptical. As I said before, the Montana State House is overwhelmingly Republican. And I kind of get the feeling that they weren't too happy that they had to work with a transgender woman and that they were looking for any excuse to weaken her voice, take away some of her power, and not let her, not, not let her speak. And they found uh, the first possible opportunity to do that. And this week, 
a judge, District Court Judge Michael Meehanen, said it was outside his authority to overrule lawmakers who voted last week to exclude Zephyr from the House floor. Yada, yada. I just said, I just said all that. So Zoe Zephyr still remains barred from the House floor and is having her vote diminished uh, because she ruffled some feathers and, and hurt some feelings. So let's see how long that goes on. I'm sure if uh, Miss Zephyr, quote-unquote, gets out of line again, they're going to find some way to disenfranchise her and her voters even further and possibly find a way to kick her out. They wasted no time uh, banning her from the floor. Elon Musk is uh, finding yet another way to get uh, Twitter users to pay for services that used to be free. Um, obviously, we remember the fiasco about buying check marks instead of being given check marks by um, some kind of editorial review board on Twitter uh, for people of note, famous people, journalists, people who might be um, impersonated and need uh, that, ble- that blue check mark to verify that they are that- them. Uh, Elon Musk has uh, opened that up to everybody and is allowing you to not, not make a one-time purchase to get that check mark, but to play a subscrip- uh, pay a subscription fee. And um, there was a Twitter Blue subscription service before Musk took over. I don't know what that entails because I would never pay to use Twitter. But uh, Elon Musk in the past has been very candid about the type of financial bath that he has taken and continues to take with buying Twitter. And Saturday, uh, according to TheHill.com, Elon Musk announced that uh, sometime here in May, Twitter will let media publishers with subscription services start charging people per article if they choose not to subscribe to that particular publisher. And this is one of those cases, uh, it's a good idea if, uh, but it's a bad idea if. It's a good idea if this content was already behind a paywall. Uh, A lot of the New York Times articles are, are behind paywalls. A lot of their... Uh, biggest headlines and most important stories are behind the paywall, which I think is a disservice to um, information. I think that um, these new newspapers really put themselves in a bind at the the advent of the internet, because back then advertising what um, was a much more lucrative business model than it is now, um, both in print and both online. Um, but for decades. Um, newspapers were putting their articles up for free, and, and they started bleeding money. And so a couple of years ago, they started uh, offering some of their content for free still, uh, but putting a lot of it behind a paywall. And I think that uh, although that might be more financially beneficial to them, I think that it puts it, it does a disservice to those of us who are trying to consume their product to gain information. But I digress. If this is stuff that's already behind a paywall, I think it's a good idea. You know, I might click on something on The Athletic, and I don't want to pay whatever, I don't know, $9.99 a month uh, to read The Athletic. I just want to read that one article. So if I'm interested enough in that article, I'm, I would be willing to pay one to a dollar to, to 50 cents to read an article that I was interested in if it was going to be behind a paywall anyway. This is a bad idea if they start putting content that they were 
already going to give away for free behind a paywall. Say you go to the Detroit News or the Free Press, they do have a lot of subscriber-only content, but uh, most of their stuff is still free. Are they going to start taking the stuff that they're giving away for free and making you pay a dollar or 50 cents um, for that? I would be against that. So um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if uh, these news publications start putting more things behind a paywall because of this uh, this idea that Elon Musk is is floating out there. Um, but uh, look, the man's the man's a, a capitalist. Um, he needs to find a way, and I'm sure there's some kind of profit-sharing uh, formula here between these publishers and uh, and Twitter, and so we'll see. I mean, the misinformation continues to be free out there, and if I mean, if you're a fledgling up-and-coming entity on the Internet, of course, at first it does behoove you to give it away for free, but eventually at some point, um, once you've kind of built it up, um, giving away free content becomes more of a liability uh, than a promotional tool. But like I said, all that uh, all that crap, your uh, misinformed relatives, keep reposting on Facebook, that stuff's being given away for free. And if we have more and more of the truth behind a paywall, um, we're going to start hearing uh, less and less of it.